0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program has been brought to you by Underground Meats, an American producer of handcrafted salami and cured meats in Madison, Wisconsin. For more information, visit shop.undergroundfoodcollective.org or stop by their butcher shop in Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food, we talk about music, with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, oh no, no,
3: just Tecla money how how does one get their money tight me? yeah
2: well there's a, a few different ways um, <laughs> I guess it's just about not mooching off your man <laughs> just doing you know whatever it is that you do to get your own money instead of trying to get someone else to get money for you yeah you
3: know tell me about it Uh, no, that's great, and uh, Tech will be performing later uh, in the show. Um, right now, she's going to hang out with some pizza yeah. in the green room, which is also the studio. Same, same, same. One of the same. Delicious. Uh, I'm Darren Bresnitz, one half year host of Snacky Tunes. Greg Bresnitz is still out in Palm Springs for Coachella. He's flying back. He promises he's flying back tonight. We'll yeah, see if we'll that happens. Yeah, <laughs> uh, But first up, we have freelance food writer, world traveler extraordinaire... Jamie Feldmar, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Hi, thanks. Uh, so for those who are not familiar with who you are and what you do, what do you do and who are you?
4: Mm. Uh, well, like you said, I am a freelance food and travel writer. Um, I write for all sorts of people. Um, lately, I've been working a lot with Savor, Lucky Peach, Bon Appetit. Um, and I mostly write about food. I do. I like to talk to chefs and farmers. I do a lot of profiles. Sometimes I do history of ingredients or I track down weird regional foods. But uh, I just got back about two weeks ago from a, a three-month trip through Southeast Asia where I was on assignment from a couple of publications, hanging out with little old grandmas in Mud Huts and making noodles.
3: Um, so you are one of the people who are successful at writing and a craft in New York. How did that... How? Let's talk about that and then we'll get to how you set up a trip, but okay. um, how, how does one become an actual writer in New you'd say, I'm a writer.
4: Whew, I wake up and ask myself the same question every day. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, I came to New York for college and then I just kind of never left and um, I'm pretty lucky that uh, I sort of always knew what I wanted to do and what I wanted to study, so I actually I came out here and I studied journalism, and uh, one of the nice things about being in New York is that most uh, major magazines and newspapers and a lot of websites are headquartered here, so it was relatively easy, <laughs> easy-ish, for me to uh, you know sort of get my foot in the door at a couple of really awesome publications when I was pretty young. Um, I used to, I interned at Gourmet when I was in college, rest in peace, Gourmet. (laughs) Um, Shout out. Yeah, (laughs) old school, Ruth Reichel. But, uh, so, you know, so I'm just really lucky that I, you know, I've been in a place where I've been able to meet a lot of of editors, a lot of other writers, and, you know, a lot of awesome chefs and food producers and people in the food world. Um, And, you know, and I've just sort of always, I'm always keeping my eye out for a story and I'm always uh, pitching ideas and trying to tell good stories.
3: And when you went to school for writing, did you study food writing? Did you take any classes?
4: I did. Uh, You're grinning. (laughs) Um, I'm grinning because I was in this weird uh, black sheep sort of program uh, in school where they let you make your own major. Um, So some kids came up with really weird left of center, like not real majors, um, like interpretive dance as filtered through my left foot or something. Um, but, yeah, I, I basically put together a pretty straightforward program that combined journalism with... Uh, NYU has actually has a food studies program. Um, it's a graduate program, but they let me take a couple couple classes, and they have food writing, and they have food history, and they have food literature, and all that kind of stuff, so so I did, yeah.
3: So you did, and then did you immediately start writing for yourself when you got out of college, or you went, right, did you go work with somebody?
4: Um, I started freelancing when I was still in college. Um, I started covering, you know, events and restaurant openings for a local, small local publication called Metromix, which also <laughs> doesn't exist anymore.
3: How many publications have you written for that have <laughs> fallen <laughs>
4: They call me the... No. <laughs> um, they do not call me the folder. Editors out there, they do not call me the folder.
3: Oh, she's a great writer, <laughs> but your your paper will close if she writes for you.
4: Um, no, it's, you know, media is changing. It's a shifting landscape, Darren.
3: Yes, I'm aware <laughs> of the shifting landscape.
4: Um, no, so I started, you know, I started working uh, when I was still in school, and then... Uh, and then, yeah, over the years, you know, I kind of built up my portfolio, built up my clips. Um, I have been on staff at uh, at publications before, and I have also not been on staff. And uh, sort of prefer the latter.
3: <laughs> really? why is that? Um,
4: you know, I, I like the, the freedom, the flexibility, um, you know. Uh,
3: free pizza at 2 p.m. on Monday? Pi-
4: exactly. Yeah. I could not, could not do this with a day job. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, there's pros and cons to to everything, and there's pros and cons to living the uh, the freelance lifestyle, if you will. But benefits. Obamacare. <laughs> um, but you know, I think if you're disciplined and uh, you work hard, and um, you just don't let yourself fall into the trap of sitting around watching Game of Thrones all day, um, you know, you can you can make it work.
3: I don't. Can't you do both? Can you have it all? <laughs> No. <laughs> um, and so around... Is there a reverb on my... I think there's reverb on my... <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, it's the microphone. Um, it's my fault. Okay, so uh, around the time when you were writing and after uh, college, or towards the end of college, you also started traveling heavily.
4: Yep. Um, also, I mean, in, in college as well, yeah.
3: Where'd you go in college? And was it... Were you traveling for food, or were you at first uh, just saying I'm going to be young and hit the world?
4: Um, I would say it was both. You know, um, I've always, I've always liked food. I've always, whenever I've traveled, it, food has always been sort of, uh, you know, it's been incorporated into anywhere I go. I'm always really. really really concerned with where to eat when i go somewhere new um what's
3: the on a level of one to ten what's the pressure level of finding the best meal
4: (sighs) don't you're really stressing me out right now Uh, you're already just (laughs) i'm already at like an 11 just hearing that question if
3: you were going on a trip in a month is that enough time for you to plan all your meals or do you need three months of planning
4: no i mean i you know i work quickly i can
3: (laughs) the internet has helped
4: Yes, media is shifting, as we've discussed.
3: So you were traveling, but did you already know when you first started hitting the world that you would want to become a food writer, or was it sort of your experiences on the road?
4: Yeah, it was more... This is a chicken and egg question, by the All way. All right.
3: <laughs> that is a food joke.
4: <laughs> um, you know, I haven't always written about food. Um, I've always, I've always been a writer and um I used to actually cover uh film a lot more than I did food. I did a lot of pop culture stuff. And it wasn't until a couple years into writing professionally that I sort of got into writing food. Um because being a food writer, I mean, it's it's sort of an old profession, but it hasn't really been a viable you know, that wasn't really something I grew mm-hmm. up thinking you could do and make a living. Um not that being a film writer is much better. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I've always traveled with an interest in food, but it wasn't until I'd been doing it for a few years until that I realized that there was actually, um, you know, that there was people would be interested in, in learning about that and I could write stories about that and those stories would have homes and people would want to read those kinds of stories.
3: What do you feel was your first breakthrough piece about food where you wrote something that you felt got noticed.
4: Uh, you're really. Mm. What was the first? <laughs> what was the
3: first piece that you wrote that you felt really proud about that you had said something that hadn't been said before?
4: You know, it's <laughs> all right. I'm gonna kick it super old school. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go back to high school. All right. <laughs> I uh, I was on staff at the high school newspaper. I was the features editor and. Uh, I wrote a story that this had nothing to do with food or film, to be honest. Um, I actually wrote a story about openly gay students in my high school, of which I grew up in Chicago, and I went to a big public high school, but it was still uh, fairly taboo, and there were about three openly gay kids, and I interviewed them um, for this article, and I printed their names, and it caused a... Fairly sizable scandal within my school district. Um, I had meetings with the superintendent, you know, with the principals. I threatened to, you know, they wanted wanted me to take the names of these gay students out because they feared that there would be consequences for these kids who had given me permission to run their names um so it turned into a whole big thing the aclu was maybe involved at one point um there were accusations of censorship it was how old were you i was about 16 nice (laughs) um long story short i mean the article ran there were no serious repercussions um no lawsuits (laughs) and uh and the next year, I I got out of there and moved to New York, where there are lots of openly gay people, and it's not much of an issue. No,
3: it is not. Um, all right, well, we're gonna take a short musical break, and then we're gonna talk about your world traveling, and then tips on how people who want to travel the world and eat their faces off could yes. do such a thing. <laughs> So we were talking to a food writer, food adventurer, face stuffer, Jamie Feldmar. Thank you. Um, so you had a life-changing trip to Thailand when you were 19, correct?
4: Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in college, I, for not um, the best, well, let's put it this way, I didn't put a ton of thought into the decision to go study abroad in China. Um, But I decided to go study abroad in China and sort of on a whim. um, And before I did that, I went to Thailand for a month and I taught English in a small, small town in southern Thailand that no one ever really goes to. Um, Shout it out. (laughs) Trong. What's up, Trong? All (laughs) of our listeners out in Trong. We got your girl, Jay
3: Feldmar, here.
4: Yeah. So I... uh, I really, I really just, I totally fell in love with Thailand. Um, like I said, I was there for about a month, and it was just a combination of this, you know, the scenery, uh, the atmosphere, the environment. It's an incredibly beautiful place, um, and the food just blew my mind. At that point, I was, you know, I, I liked food a lot, but um, I wasn't really writing about it yet, but uh, it was you know, I'd never seen markets like these markets that they have in Thailand, just these, they they call them wet markets because, uh, the floor is, they're constantly dumping water over it because there's to keep the floors clean. There's a lot of raw fish and raw meat and beautiful, incredibly crazy looking tropical fruits and vegetables that I had never seen anywhere. Um, and just like this crazy, like tangle bustle of life. And, uh, and I and I totally loved it. And I was, you know, I remember hanging out that with with these just little old ladies who cooked noodles and curry for us there, and trying to talk to them and ask what they were doing, and having them show me what they were cooking. Um, and I loved it. And then I left. Um, <laughs> and I basically, you know, had wanted wanted to go back. Knew pretty quickly that I wanted to go back. Um, but I knew that I wanted to go back and I wanted to see more because I had just been in this basically in this one area with a few side trips here and there. But I wanted to travel the whole country. I wanted to travel the neighboring countries, you know, Vietnam and Laos and Burma and these places. There was just so much for me to see there. Um, so I, I had I'd wanted to go back forever, but I knew that I wanted to go back for sort of a long time. Um, you know, it's really far away <laughs> and there's a lot to see. So I knew that if I was going to go back, um, it had to be for a somewhat significant amount of time.
3: And how long did it take you to get back?
4: <laughs> about seven years. <laughs> uh,
3: and so how, how does one go about planning a trip like this?
4: Well, um, you know, like I said, I knew that I wanted to go back for a long time. Um, and there's, you know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of things that stand in the way of taking a, a multi-month trip. For example, um, having a job. <laughs> right. um, you can't really take off for three months when you have to go to work every day. So I did that for a while. Or, you know, while, while you're in school or any, any major commitment. <laughs> um, so, you know... It took me a couple. It took me a couple of years to figure out what form this trip would take. I knew I wanted to go back for a long time, but I also didn't want to go and just uh, backpack around. A lot of people do that, and that's totally fine for those people. But I knew that I wanted to go with a little bit more purpose and a little bit more structure. Um, so, you know, there I toyed around with a few different ideas over the years. There was, you know, I looked into going maybe. Going to culinary school in Bangkok, um, looked into maybe getting a grant or a scholarship. Um, some, re- you know, thought about putting together some proposals, um, and then it sort of all came together after I had been professionally writing for a couple years and was doing, you know, was doing relatively okay as a freelancer. Um, that it, you know, it, it all just sort of clicked. I was like, well, I write about food for a living and I've wanted to go back to this place and eat more and explore their food more for so long. I should go back there and just write about the food there. Um, and I had, you know, at that point, I had enough relationships and had, with, you know, with publications here in New York and in America um, where I was in a good place to sort of tell my editors that I wanted to do this, um, and really have their support in, you know, and I put together some, some, some ideas for them, some pretty research. I did a lot of research and I put together some pretty specific ideas for stories that I wanted to write. And I came to them and I said, you know, I want to go on this trip and here are these things that are really interesting to me. And, uh, I would love to write, you know, to find out more, to go f- explore and write about these things for you. Um,
3: And how did it work out?
4: (laughs) It worked pretty well. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, so it it was a multi-step process, and it was multi-months of putting this thing together before it it finally happened. You know, there was me doing research, figuring out where I wanted to go, what I wanted to see, and what I wanted to do, and then taking that proposal to my editors and saying, you know, this is what I want to do. Will you sign off on it? Having them agree to it um, and then reaching out to people in Asia and reaching out to, um, you know, the Thai Tourism Board here and having and, you know, going to them and saying, I'm a journalist with Savore. I'm on assignment to write these things about Thai food. Can you help put me in touch with some local resources there? Can you set me up with a translator when I go off to the boonies in rural farmland and no one speaks a word of English? Um, so then I had to get them to sign off on it. So, you know, it was, it took a solid eight or nine months of planning before, uh, I finally took off and then I, and then I did.
3: (laughs) So so for all the non-professionals out there, uh, do you recommend going these trips or, you know, what is the best way for them to attack going across around the world if you're not a professional writer or working food and things like that?
4: Um, well, I mean, there are things you can do no matter what profession you are to really sort of, uh, make the most out of going to a foreign place. Um, I always think it's really, really helpful to have some guidance from a local when you're in a foreign city. Um, and there are pretty easy ways to do that. Um, you, what I did and this, I could have done this, you know, as a writer or a, investment banker or a radio show host or anything um i just basically googled food bloggers in the cities that i was going to and wrote them emails just out of nowhere and i was like hi i am a person coming to the city that you live in and i love food and would love to go eat with you or have you you know tell me where to eat um and people did you know people tend to be Everywhere except New York, people tend to be really, really friendly and really helpful with this sort of thing. Well, I
3: think New York needs an introduction. I think if someone's like, "Oh, my friend," or someone's coming, yeah, Yeah. but just to get the random emails. Yeah.
4: Well, especially especially if you're going, um, you know, to a foreign country where there might be an expat scene. Yeah. um, A lot of times, those people are really happy to sort of see a a familiar face. so, yeah, so, um, you know, getting in touch with someone who lives there um, is really helpful. Um, you know, reading the local blogs, the local newspapers, the local newsletters, you know, try to find the equivalent of the, the timeout, you know, timeout Shanghai, timeout Bangkok. Timeout Trong. Timeout Trong. <laughs> there uh, are three things.
3: <laughs> uh, and uh, finally, what's your uh, music situation? What do you, what's your soundtrack of your travels?
4: Oh, mm. um, well, I always, I like to warm it up with a little Sam Cooke usually when I'm packing before right. I leave, just sort of get the ball rolling. Um, and then for trans transit purposes, you know, plane rides, planes, trains, automobiles, I like to sort of slow it down. Maybe I'll do some real estate, maybe I'll do some air, um, and then... And then once I'm in a new place, I'll try to pick it up a little bit. Maybe, uh, maybe a little mm, hot chip. Maybe some spoon. Something with a little more.
3: Some Bruce a Springsteen. Of a beef. The boss.
4: Bruce Springsteen is appropriate at any and all time during the travel experience.
3: Packing, traveling, and walking in the city. Yes. Well, Jamie, it sounds great. Where's next? What's, what's next on the map? Where are you going? What's the big trip?
4: Mm, I'd tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Oh, okay.
3: All right. <laughs> well, is there a place that we can uh, people can read your writings and check out your stuff?
4: Yep. Um, you can go to my website. It's jamiefeldmar.com. That's F-E-L-D-M-A-R. Or you can go to my Tumblr, jamiesstomach.tumblr.com.
3: And is it always full?
4: it's you go there to find out what's in it today
3: okay one Here we are, Snacky Tunes. Reverber's back on full effect. Oh, sweet. No, no, it's fine. Um, so, welcome. I assume long-time listener, first-time interview. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Tune in every single... Episode.
3: I really like the song that we played at the beginning, real summer vibe.
2: Yeah, that's my new summer jam. The video's uh, going to come out in June, so...
3: Um, Perfect. So I got my pizza straight during the break. Uh, okay. Is that the same as getting the money straight? <laughs>
2: Kind of. Um, I know Jamie here knows how to get her money right. She really, she really killed it with the self-employment she tactics.
4: Does. I don't rely on no man. You know, you know what I mean? Got to write those emails
2: and go to go to Asia if you want to go to Asia. That's what you know. That's, yeah. that's all about. So, so yes, pizza eating pizza is just like getting your money right. Awesome. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So uh,
3: you are on because you just uh, dropped your second album yeah. two weeks ago. Well. There's Almost a month, a month ago. Now. Yeah, uh, we are the lucky ones. Yeah, who's the we in that statement?
2: Um, all of us. Those of us who
3: can eat pizza at two p.m. on exactly. a Monday. <laughs> kind of. Yeah.
2: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, those of us who who take our lives into our own hands, if you will, and you know, do what we love to do, whether it be food or music or anything in between. You know, um, it's kind of like we really all kind of are really privileged for being able to eat pizza at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So that's what it's all about.
3: um, And one of the most amazing things about the album is that you wrote the entire thing. I
2: did, yeah.
3: Which is not common anymore these days. Yeah, I know. Normally, it's like looking on the back of ingredients (laughs) of some junk food where you're like, oh, there's a dozen people in this. (laughs) I've heard of one person... (laughs)
2: But yeah, High Fructose Corn Syrup wrote the whole thing. Oh, uh, well, he's got...
3: <laughs> just wait. The end of 2013, MSG, Modern Student yeah. he's got some big tracks yeah. going out, he's too. He's got
2: some huge tracks.
3: So what was that process? I mean, the, did you do the same for your first album?
2: Um, I did actually do the same. The thing is, for me, it's like... I get so inspired when I, like, I'll like. either like make a beat and like have to write to it, or I'll just think of something that I want to write about and make a beat to it. But either way, I just have to write myself. Like I can't really... I mean, there's a certain aspect of other people's writing or, like, like production that I can get down with, especially with remixes or, like, rapping is a little bit different. But when it comes to making a full album and a project, I just feel most inspired by doing it myself. And I just have so much to say that this is my only chance to say it. I mean, why let other people say it for me if I could say it myself, you know?
3: And uh, when did you start writing or when did you start working on music?
2: Um i kind of always been a writer, weirdo, uh, if, ever since I was little. I've been playing piano since I was like five, and I used to just run around the house making up weird lyrics and making songs, and um, my mom and sister and dad would be like, this freak, how did she come about? <laughs> um, but yeah, I did not running, say that. Go, I thought I was a bit of a freak. I, I was a little bit of a concern.
3: Like how 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 high did one eyebrow arch over the other?
2: No, I mean, high. They, I, I had some. They had some they were suspicious of my...
3: They're like, b- either she's going to be a musician or right. we better get <laughs> a lawyer psycho. and the bail bonds and everything. Right.
2: Thank God. She's <laughs> going
3: to be on TV one way or another. Let's just hope <laughs> yeah. it's not most wanted.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think they're all really happy that I finally can channel it into something.
3: <laughs> when well, they heard your first time, they're like, okay, they're like, oh, all right, okay okay. okay, okay. Got
2: it, got it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's been, it's been one of those things where I just, I like to write, like, a lot. And... Um, it just it just so happens I'm really good at it. So you are really good at okay. I can do it myself.
3: Why don't you show us how good at it you okay. are? All
2: right, I'm gonna play transitions. Something. Oh, I need to I come on. <laughs> yeah. I need um, this. Yeah. Should uh, I should I play you guys one song or? A yeah, we're gonna
3: song? we'll do we're gonna do one and then we'll talk and then we'll chat some more and then you will do another.
2: All right, uh, let's we'll, do. We'll, we'll lay it out. All right, I'm going to do Fake Tears, which is the first single that I released off the album with this crazy music video that if you haven't seen it, you should.
3: All right, well, here we go, uh, Tecla, live on Snacky Tunes.
2: All right. Oh. My omnipotent reverb-y sound that you, uh, when you did got a little you, taste of earlier. When did you oh, uh, let's,
3: let's fall in love with the reverb? Yet. Um,
2: when did I fall? I don't know. I just I I guess ever since I ever heard it on my voice for the first time recording. When I started recording with more like electronic kind of weird effects, I was obsessed with recreating that live, and I just was like if i can do this in the studio i should be able to do it on stage you know i don't want to like change my whole vibe from studio to stage to just be you know singing into a normal mic i feel like there's always something that you can do to enhance it why not do it at least for me
3: yeah so what so when you put out this album what's the process now that it's out what are you doing
2: um trying to get my money right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Love it. Um, you know I you put it out you work on it forever it's your baby you have freak outs about it you obsess over it and then you put it out and you're like everybody's gonna hate me and then people like it and you're like oh okay and then you just I guess I'm just waiting to see you know how far I can go with like performing it Like, I, I want to like perform this everywhere you know around the world. Is it <laughs>
3: tough being a single parent? <laughs> yeah. But you got your team with you.
2: It's hard being a single parent to the babies of my 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 songs and my plants. I always call those my babies, and people are like, "All right, girl, you need a dog." Or how's something. your
3: how's your plant game?
2: <laughs> it's uh, pretty amazing. Really? You gotta come. I'm like they call me Young Horticulture because I'm crazy with
3: oh, the plants. God. That's a
4: I appreciate that, right? Yeah. I mean,
2: if they're they take a lot of work.
3: Yeah. What's uh? How big? How many plants?
2: Oh, like like over. Tw- like over thirty plants at this point, probably. I'm oh,
3: you just thought about having like, to say the number out loud. You everybody, got yeah.
2: Flower. Now I sound like a. a fr- everybody who I live with is like, "Girl, another plant." I'm like, "I just got this crazy new hibiscus plant." They're like, "No, you don't need another." I'm like, "But the begonia needs a home." <laughs> <laughs> that's. that's what I, I think
3: it's better to be a plant lady than a cat lady. Me too.
2: Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Um, <laughs> Sorry, all the cat ladies out there. But
3: Not really. really <laughs> I'll put it if you're a serious cat lady, you're you're it's doubtful you're listening to Harry. Totally right. You're looking at the 45 cats you have hoarded in here, one <laughs> So during this writing process, uh, we cooking a lot. What was the food situation?
2: Um, yeah, I you know I'm like super foodie. Like my my plants, I like to cook, and then I like the plants and the food. <laughs> I was like, the, and then they go they
4: coincide. I cook my. Do you own grow own herbs? Wait, I you do. cook your own plants. <laughs>
2: I do. I cook my own plants and I grow. That's sad. I'm like like an abusive parent. Um, I'm going to raise you and you're going to (laughs) grow. I'm I'm going to eat you. Um, I grow my own herbs and I feel like the writing process is is a bit of a loner time. So like I do. I like to like garden and like you know, it's kind of like my form of meditation. I just like cultivate plants and I think about like I just like think about lyrics for like hours and do nothing like it's not just like all right let's sit and like time to write it's like let's garden and do weird shit and like cook and like oh sorry weird stuff
3: no no no, it's the internet
2: and like cook and like you know just like just kind of like walk around aimlessly and do whatever strange things i like to do in my house and then all of a sudden it's like 4 a.m and i got it and then i sit down to start writing or recording
3: do you have a uh, recording studio at the house yeah that's gotta be great
2: yeah it's perfect
3: it's got to be pretty meditative and yeah. peaceful with all the herbivore lifestyle going on. Yeah, right
2: there. it's really nice. It's, it's I mean I have a lot of roommates so it's not always Oh yeah. The the loner peaceful weirdness that I like to have. But what
3: but do you I, what do you cook? What do you make?
2: Um, I cook I kind of love like a Mediterranean. I'm like a Caribbean Mediterranean fusion thing i'm half haitian half italian and so i
3: half haitian half italian yeah
2: and my cooking kind Let's of really give the
3: backstory it. of that
2: <laughs> my mom is from haiti my dad's from italy they met at the moma apparently my dad tried to holler at my mom Arpen? <laughs> he was just like hey, hey what's up Arp, was really like, Just like yeah and my dad was like 20 years older than my mom he was this like suave italian oh older gosh. guy And he just hollered and then they like, you know, they just went out and they fell in love and they're both like love to cook. And I grew up like eating lots of eggplant Parmesan and then like rice and beans and chicken. So yeah, like put it together.
3: Okay. So what's an example?
2: Um, hmm, like I'll do like, uh, I'll I'll do like maybe, I, I mean, I make them really mean eggplant Parmesan off the bat, but I might do like. Sort of like a Italian, like a white bean truffle, like chicken salad thing. Like a okay. quinoa salad or something, like over like arugula. Maybe do a little like, I don't know what with the Caribbean aspect that would go along with that. I mean, it doesn't always have to be like fusion. Right. But I'll do like.
3: But you'll see some spices. Yeah. Cross I'm culture. Very
2: flavor. I'm very, yeah. Or like I'll do like a jerk like seasoned swordfish or something, Ooh. something like that. I know
3: you listen to music while you cook.
2: Yeah, well, we have a record player in the. I have a record player in my living room slash kitchen area. So what's
3: uh what's what's your cooking music?
2: Um, any record that I can. F- I, we have a really funny array of records, so it's really kind of not like super by choice. Like there'll be Millie Vanilli on sometimes, and then they'll be, sure, and then there'll be like a, a really like actually I know we've. Been having the theme of Sam Cooke, but I have this amazing live Sam Cooke album,
3: Harlem yeah. Square or cooker Cabana. Cooker
2: Cabana, that's yeah. like the live. He's it's... so turned up, and he's just like screaming. It's like so fun, and he's be like, ah! like he's just like 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 people think James Brown, but Sam Cooke live is no Sam Cooke live,
3: and uh, I don't know if you've heard the Harlem Square album, but that
2: not live.
3: Oh yeah, okay, so live at the Harlem Square, so it's if we can diverge for a second okay. then we have a song <laughs> essentially Coco Cabana was like for the uptown right. white audience yeah. and then the Harlem Square one was like the downtown right, black right, audience right, right. and it's two different vibes but they're both amazing yeah. and I go back and forth each year which one's my favorite album
2: I mean if it's I, if, I have to listen to the Harlem Square now but like it's like it's really fun. I, I feel like I'm always like at a show. I got a live show and I'm cooking, which is it's actually so good. really fun. All right, we'll let's hear another track. Okay, let's do uh, this. Uh, this money right situation because we've been talking about getting our money right.
3: Situation. Yes, get the money right to get the same Cook live record <laughs> and the <laughs> pizza. Uh, so here we go. What's the name of the song?
2: Um, money. <laughs> oh, you're gonna play
3: money. Oh, you're gonna <laughs> play money. Okay, so this is the song we started the show with, but now live. Yeah. Uh, tech like here on Snacky Tunes. Awesome.
2: There's two types of girls in this world The one to make the money by herself Cause by herself I don't need nobody else She gon' have to get a job Hustle every day Even if she struggles Then you got the other girl Always mooching off her man. And really works single day In her life She earns an allowance It's always a way to win Forever a service Never knows what's over him. Why you Your money time. girl. to it You need to get your money time. girl. You need to get your money girl, You wanna know a little about me? You never asked my man for no kind of money. I, I Complaining about a man who ain't got no whip, get your own whip, girl. And stop complaining about a man who ain't got no bank account, get your own account, girl. Please stop complaining about this man who ain't got no job, get your own job. Please stop complaining about this man who ain't got no brain, get your own. Little girl, and oh, you ain't got your money right now. You ain't got your money right, little girl. I just couldn't do it. I had to get my money tight. Yeah, you see, I got my money tight, girl. So good. Thanks. Thanks.
3: <laughs> I can see that's not going hand in hand with your writing process of just being totally solo, and doing it on your own
2: yeah yeah I mean sometimes like sometimes like I'll just like think of a word or something I'll like like, ask somebody to like throw out a word or I'll just the first word like play a game with myself with the first like phrase I see in a book or something I'll like make it about that you know and this beat was just one of those random like money was around and I was like you know what I'm gonna make a song called Money and then like I I start writing about it and then
3: one to another. I become
2: a crazy, empowered feminist. <laughs>
3: do you see yourself? Is that how you see yourself?
2: No, no, no. I don't. I mean, I don't know. The word feminist is full of a lot of strange.
3: We got two very strong females on the show today.
2: We do. We're both feminists, maybe. Jamie, you feminist? No. This is a really loaded question. It is. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Well, we can't. Yeah, we can't address that. We got got really, five minutes of the
4: show.
3: Yeah, I got five minutes. So we time. don't. <laughs> we don't have enough time. So, uh, what's the summer looking like for you? Uh, are you excited for the summer? You like summer in New, New York? Very
2: excited. Lots of. I love the summer in New York. Oh my god!
3: It's have you? Uh, do you have your first barbecue plans already made yet for the summer?
2: I do actually. I'm throwing a music video welcome spring summer party at my house i have a huge yard where i grow all these crazy plants i speak of and um i have a brand new amazing grill that i just got and i plan on doing like a crazy really fun raunchy interesting weirdo house party music video okay for the song wake up that's off my um that's off my album i'm not gonna say the concept because i don't want anybody to steal it
3: um but it's How gonna be really good. raunchy do your barbecues get. <laughs> like, you gotta come find out. Like raunchy sauce with like
2: There might there might be some food fetish people there that might love, you know, rubbing fri- themselves down with baked beans. Who knows? Okay. Mm. And Margaret style. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You never know, you gotta come. You're you're invited. Everyone okay. everyone's invited.
3: We'll we'll so get we'll come. get the details. And then uh, I imagine some shows are coming up as well.
2: Shows coming up. Um, I'm headlining Glasslands on April 30th with uh, Cool and Casa, Cool Lady and Casa Overall, and Ticket Calor. That's going to be really, really fun.
3: Love that venue. Yeah, so that fun. place. It's So
2: good. It's like home.
3: You know, if you want to talk about like a real New York, I want to show you some place cool. Yeah. Like that place.
2: Yeah. As long as you're willing to come across the bridge to really not that far. Where do you live? No, I live right down the block from here. Oh. But other people are like, Brooklyn, oh, God! Are, who is like,
3: still like that?
2: Whoever's like that now, we're, we're letting you know right now. You better quit it for the summer. I'll you tell you right now.
3: I'm it's at. I don't. i not friends with anybody who's <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, you want to come to Brooklyn? Cool. Yeah. See, it's, it's, have fun. It's like
2: East 14th Street. It's not even really Brooklyn. It's the L. I know. It doesn't
3: even count. It doesn't even count. Well, hop in a car. Yeah. Pack it with four friends. It's like exactly. three bucks. Thank you. Um, that's going to be a that's blast. That's going to
2: be really good. And then we have some other stuff. Um, com is my website. I have all my shows listed there. So we have some good stuff lined up for the summer. It's going to be good. Man, good, the really summer.
3: The, I think the summer is what makes living in New York
2: okay. possible. Yeah.
3: Especially now that the weather's all super messed up. Yeah. We get... Like, winter hangs on for a little bit longer, but then summer hangs yeah. on for a little bit longer. Yeah. It's really just winter right. winter and summer now. There is no, yeah. there's, no there's no. fall. There's no spring. You yeah. get, like, a week of fall and a week of spring, but it's mostly yeah. just two seasons. But
2: it makes it makes September and October really nice because now it's just extremely hot. Oh, my God. Hot.
3: It's so awesome when you're having uh, a barbecue into October. Yeah. And you're like, I don't want to think about it's the global favorite repercussions. Thing. <laughs> um, so we have the website, Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Twitter,
2: Tecla, 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 because I'm that just, vain. Just spell it. spell for the okay. so T E C L A. Okay, So Twitter is Tecla Tecla Tecla, Facebook I am Tecla, um, and I am com is the website. So
3: awesome! And shout out to Girly Action.
2: Shout out to Girly Action in the building. Shout yeah. Oyla Sylvester my amazing manager, my Music, my label. We're all doing a family affair, kind of style thing here with me. Keeping the family, keeping it, keeping it in Brooklyn. Yeah.
3: Well, you came over the bridge, right? Early action? Mm-hmm. yeah, but I live around the block as well. Yeah, so. oh,
2: okay. <laughs> and I used to live up the block
3: on Bushwick and for five years. It's
2: oh. okay to come that's over the life. bridge. We're all here waiting for you. It's like...
3: You know, at some point, there's going to be that reversed, engineered, I'm not going back over the bridge <laughs> to New <laughs> York. I'm not going to Manhattan. I just have to <laughs> say that New York weekends in the summer are sort really? of unbearable.
2: Yeah, they're too much. They're too much. I mean, I, I really don't like to leave Brooklyn come Friday. Yeah. And that's no. really Brooklyn snooty of me, but I can <laughs> say that.
3: That's fine. So what are you going to take us out with?
2: Um, Tragic Mulatto. This uh, this song was co-produced by Patrick Wimberly of Chairlift, Ooh. dear friend of mine.
3: You know, I just found out that he married my college friend. Yeah. Jill Martinelli? Yeah.
2: She's a jewelry designer. Yeah. She makes awesome jewelry. I had no... They're very adorable. Like, we
3: hung out in college. And I was like... Oh, really? On Facebook. She's like, oh, I got married. And I was like, you married the guy from Chairlift? <laughs> Crazy. That
2: guy from Charlotte.
3: She's so great. Her, ju- her jewelry is awesome.
2: <laughs> it is. It's really. It's really great.
3: So shout out to Jill.
2: Shout out to Jill and Patrick. Woohoo!
3: Uh, Jamie Feldmar, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. We'll keep our eyes peeled for uh, your world tour of whatever you do next. Eating and yes. drinking and yeah. hanging out with grandmas. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week. Greg should be here. I'll be here. It's been the first time we've had a show together in a while, and we have our summer barbecue series coming up. Which is going to be amazing. And also, if you are not doing anything this Saturday, Mark Ladner, a Brizzy style Italian barbecue, Heritage Radio, uh, tickets are going fast. Just go to, uh, I guess, Italian barbecue. I'm sorry, ItalianBBQ.eventbrite.com or 718-389-0985. Uh, get your grub on this Saturday. You should be, if you haven't been to a barbecue yet, you're sort of already missing, yeah, missing the summer. Yeah, uh, all right, so here we go. Thank you so much. Uh One last song on Snacky Tunes.
2: Tonight it won't get dark Till midnight Tonight I'm gonna be fine Till after the sun down Tonight it won't get